Well, this and this is another fascinating thing because like Verhoeven loves to put this in his films. He certainly did in RoboCop. He's created uh, this futuristic society where gender doesn't really play a big role in society anymore. Right. Where all these characters, they will shower together, they live together. Yeah. You know, that was that was something to see. Yeah, it's weird. And like I said, and it's not until you know I re- I thought about it like going back to a Robocop and stuff like he does the same thing he's got women in the locker room at the police force yep when when Murphy comes in there it's just and and this society thinks nothing of that now because it's just normal I mean just from a production standpoint alone how much money do they save having everybody shower together well yeah (laughs) it's it's maybe some cost savings and also maybe just another reason to put some tips because Verhoeven is very very well known for having women's tits in his movies Dude, well, we basically see Jake Busey shaft in this movie too. He Casper Van Dien's butt. It's like there's just yeah. so much nudity yeah. in this thing. It's yeah. everywhere. Hi, everybody. This is Bridget Nielsen. You're listening to Children of the Adams. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We're back. Yeah. Another day. Here we go. Gonna be a pretty exciting time. We're heading back into uh, the spooky season again. So oh, everybody's gearing up with all their horror watches and stuff favorite time of year can't wait Absolutely yeah me either and uh something else that's pretty cool happening this halloween season is we actually have an actual friday the 13th this october Ooh, what does that mean <laughs> well for us that means something very special we've been looking forward to doing this ever since we got done with Bloodsport. uh we're gonna do another live watcher review why i don't even know what to call it yet but basically we're gonna sit down and and watch a movie together, and as the movie plays, we're going to record uh, what <laughs> what happens and Get some live release it to you guys to watch along with us. Basically, you know, we're you know we're going to be riffing along with the movie, so <laughs> that's where we're at with that one. So uh, the next one on our list, in honor of it being Friday the Thirteenth, will be the original Friday the Thirteenth movie, all the way back from 1980. Jesus, it's so just, long ago. <laughs> the words 1980 feel heavy in my mouth. Like there's just such a, a history to that year now. It's like, oh my god, that was so long ago. I mean, it's weird to think that it is that long ago, right? I mean, yeah, I remember growing up and I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is that was 10 years ago or 15 years ago at most. Right. Now you're like, oh well, yeah, we're yeah. we're 40 years beyond, <laughs> right? You know, that time, so. Yeah. And it's kind of fitting, too, that it, it's Halloween adjacent in that uh, the original John, Carp- John Carpenter's Halloween came out in 78. 78. And then Sean Cunningham, the, di- the director, basically said to himself, how can we rip that off? And they basically picked a spooky day. And then that, that's how we got Friday the 13th. And set the trend for the rest of the 80s and all the horror films that came afterwards. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there an April Fool's Day one also? Yes. There, I mean, there, I think you- there was. There's a holiday, uh, whatever it is, you name it. I mean, they made a holiday. Thanks, killing, uh, Black Christmas. Yeah. yeah, they had them all. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the, the myriad of Christmas films that came out. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I think uh, one of the weirder ones might be that one that Goldberg starred in. Which uh, one was that? Santa's sleigh, but sleigh is spelled as in you slay something. Oh, Jesus. Like Goldberg the wrestler? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Is there any other one? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what? I like don't think I, I've lo- ever seen that. Lots of people have have the surname Goldberg. I'm absolutely positive of that. But there's only one person who you just say the singular word and they know exactly who they're talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s and you watch wrestling at all, I mean, you're, you're going to get most of those references. 
Yeah, I would think even today, because it's not like he's doing anything else, right? I assume he's still alive, number one. He is. <laughs> and then, yeah, number two, he's obviously doing something with WWE, whether that is actually just showing up randomly, doing commentary, right. or doing really terrible films produced by the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why have they made a horror movie with him yet? That's ready to go. They could do a, a sequel to Santa Slay. I'm I'm wondering if we dug deep enough, you'd probably find something like that, though. Ugh. You know, I don't. It, it I don't think we're quite ready to start hitting uh, WWE level movies yet. I will say though, from the looks of the cast of Santa Slay, it is fascinating. Uh, Fran Drescher, she's the current president of the Actors Guild, right? <laughs> she's in that movie, <laughs> as is Chris Kattan, uh, Robert Culp from uh, what that. The Greatest American Hero, that old TV show. Wow. Um, you're not doing anything to get me excited about this film. I, even I, if we I, I'm considered. not trying to. I'm, not, I'm yeah, just simply sitting who's in the goddamn movie with Bill Goldberg. Dave Thomas? Jesus. If, if I was going to go back to a Christmas horror film, I would go to the original, and that's Silent Night, Deadly Night. As terrible as that film is, at least it's got some style to it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, my God. You know, I'm almost wondering if we should hold off on t- till Christmas, or or do you get that into Halloween? Because it's it's worth it to watch the first one and the second one, uh-huh. and, and the second oh, so one. Wait, are there more than two? Oh, there's there's <laughs> a several of them, I think. Um, oh man! But yeah, like the first one is like the original, but the second one, there's so much to talk about in that film, and it's it's really only good to just fully understand a particular meme. Those of you who've seen that movie know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it, so uh, we might oh, have to... Oh, I'm, I'm so excited now. i got to try to find this movie. We might have to watch it. I, yeah, the question is, yeah, whether whether or not you can find it, Christ, even for rent. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it looks like it's less than four bucks to rent uh, where you can find digital rentals. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll put that on the list there. <laughs> Boy, this trailer, it's just playing in the background. It's so weird. It's like that scene from Commando when Schwarzenegger is gearing up in that store yes. and there's just a vest click and then there's a knife in a pocket. It's literally a Santa doing that. You see, he buckles a suit and then there's a knife. He pulls a gun. It's like, what the fuck is this movie even about? Now he's wielding an axe. What is yes. going on here? Oh, I'm telling you, man, this is, this is, it's, it's worth it, man. Uh, oh, on the uh, list. Yeah, I, I think, I think you would definitely, definitely enjoy that one. I think it's. Oh, it's a lot of fun, man. What is what year did this come out? Eighty-four. 84. Yep. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh my God! And it, There's and so it much also, violence in the trailer alone. I'd, I'm a. Is there anything even left for the movie at this point? And if you are a classic horror fan like we are, it does uh, uh, showcase Linnea Quigley in this film too. She, you know, another another. Oh, one is she her. in this movie too? She is in this movie. Yeah. Man. So okay, yeah, we'll we'll put that on the list too as a part yeah. of our Halloween series. Then, like, because I, I, I'm a, I usually I, I kind of assume that you've seen most of these films, uh, <laughs> being the uh, the horror fan that you are, uh, mixed with the, you know, choices of horrible films that we like to watch. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's pretty fair. Yeah, no, I have not seen this one. All right. Well, maybe we'll do part one and two because I think it's it kind of goes hand in hand. <laughs> it is a whopping hour and nineteen minutes. <laughs> oh man, and it's it's. Oh, so good! Every minute, every minute. I'm, I'm, I can't. Yeah, I'm honestly looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. Whew. 
Well, thank you. See, if we hadn't started make, talking about Santa's sleigh, we never would have made the jump. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bill Goldberg. Like a little jump, right? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, your through your trash comes more trash. Right, but maybe golden trash. You never know. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of watching. I just I pulled up the uh, preview as well. <laughs> You're right. This is very very. Oh, are you watching that absolutely batshit trailer that's going yeah, on right now? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't know how much more could, there could be left in the movie because it looks like the entire film is right there, but well, it didn't It didn't dissuade me from wanting to see it at all. You might you might be getting the general the, the gist of this film, but hey, it's it's good. Oh, the, the sound wasn't on, so I, I literally just saw it. <laughs> well, so yeah, I didn't yeah. hear any voiceover. I didn't read the tagline about what the or the plot or anything like that. I have no idea. I just know there's a Santa just going apeshit on everybody. Yeah, you don't want to ruin it yourself yet, okay? Because this, this movie's classy. <laughs> yeah, don't every, myself on the plot. Yeah, every sense of the word, this is class. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, speaking of class, that does lead us to uh, to today's movie. Uh, even this is going back a, a good ways in time, uh, back to 1997 with Starship Troopers. Man. Good choice. Another uh, another Paul Verhoeven movie. In this one, uh, we've done a few of his. We've done, <laughs> Without yeah, even really realizing well, it. We've done RoboCop, right? Um, yep. And have we done Total Recall? We haven't officially done Total Recall, no. Okay. But it, we have mentioned it in passing more than more than a dozen times, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, so I, I know that I've said on previous shows that Verhoeven, I really, really enjoy his movies. Yeah. Uh, they're just a lot of fun. And he he makes a very entertaining film that is really kind of entertaining to people of all ages, I would say, yeah. at times. I mean, yes, granted, maybe it's not the most appropriate for all ages, but it does appeal to people <laughs> of all ages because he can put, he just, he will show the ultraviolence, he will show a lot of crazy stuff, he'll make you laugh, but... Uh, the older you get, the you'll pick up on a lot of the satire that he puts in all of his films. It's Having like, seen the director's cut of RoboCop, I don't know if I'm mature enough for that one. Oh, damn. But it's so good. <laughs> Some of those scenes really go on. Because we also discussed The Hitchhiker as well, which is another one of his films. Um, the Hitcher he did or The Hitchhiker? The Hitchhiker. They, 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 the Hitchhiker was a show. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Okay, I got it. But I, I think they were trying to riff, like they were trying to cut to play off of the the, the Hitcher movie. Yeah, though. you're right. This and that one was fucking. I remember wild. that Man. show. Yeah, because that was uh, yeah, it was like an anthology series, like Twilight yeah. Zone or something. But yeah, yeah, he, it was, the or Hitchhiker like Friday the Thirteenth, the series that had nothing to do with the movie. Okay, never watched that series, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. You never saw Friday the Thirteenth, the series? No. Oh man, it was okay. Uh, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, the series, and they even lean into the to the the Jasonism uh, a bit, like in the in the whole build up to it. But the show is actually about uh, three people that worked uh, they work as antique collectors, and they go around the the world collecting haunted items from people before they kill them. This sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it didn't last very long at all. It was. This is. It was really bad. God awful. I mean, I I will take. Yeah. I, I see. I like the classic anthology series, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side. Any of those shows, the Twilight Zone, the movie, they're they're a lot of fun. Did you ever see Freddy's Nightmares? I no, I've I've seen uh, parts of it. I did have the uh, or I did listen or download the soundtrack, you know, which is always very entertaining. Right, um, dude, that show was <laughs> absurdly off the wall. Yeah, and there stupid. was no, yeah, it, no, no, not not even stupid. Just like it was 
So I don't think anybody paid attention to the people who were making the series. Like they were left all alone because they did whatever the fuck. It was so violent and just over the top sexual, which is, you know, I get it. Like the Coke fueled years, (laughs) it was made. It's understandable, (laughs) but you'd figure it would be made for a late night uh, time slot. There was no regulation where I lived. This shit came out at four o'clock in the afternoon, man. It it was fucking like right along with fucking cartoons. It was wild to see. Didn't that, didn't it show up on the USA network or something? Yes. Isn't that where was it? Yeah. I remember seeing it at night uh, where I was at. Wow. Yeah. Depending on where you were, there were different slots, man. It was absurd. What kind of shit they would show on this fucking Uh, series. I just remember how dumb it was. I mean, it was just kind of a stupid show. Like, but he, but I, I like the whole the whole Crypt Keeper like anthology series of it all because it was Freddie and actually Robert England in the full yes, makeup doing yeah. like the the Crypt Keeper kind of shtick where he'd he'd drop a few zingers and then you know you'd get to your tail and you'd come back and you know he'd wrap it up and that was it. Yeah, the problem with that show though is like you know the Friday the Thirteenth property you want to see you know Freddie being there throughout the f- entire series. Right. You know, making his stupid jokes and all that stuff. But then you don't get that. You get him, yeah, for a minute. And then there were a few there were a few connected episodes. There was one that dealt with Freddy's origin, basically, where they showed like like his trial and then the the parents come together to get him and all that. And there was another one where uh, it was with Lori Petty, where it was kids in in, in Springwood and uh, they were. One girl's making fun of Lori Petty saying that Freddy's going to get you kind of thing. And then, you know, a nightmare happened and it wasn't Freddy like so much. It was like the hysteria of Freddy that was the thing. And I don't know. It, uh, from what I remember, <laughs> and this was probably 30 years ago, uh, you know, it was wildly entertaining, some of it. Yeah, for, some for of a it, youngster. Very yes. not appropriate for the time it, it aired, but, you know. It was what it was. It was the 80s, man. I mean, so like a lot of that stuff we watched as we've discussed over and over. Yeah, a lot of stuff we probably should not have watched as children, but that's what we grew up on. Yeah. And Starship Troopers, that's kind of, it's kind of one of those movies, even though it yeah. came out so close to the year 2000, where, you know, uh, things kind of started to change and you know, not everybody had to be naked or, you know, the all the hyper violence didn't have to be there. But this one really like... Being a Paul Verhoeven movie, it's it's almost as if uh, Total Recall in this movie could be set in the same exact uh, time frame and universe because like the, the 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 visual looks of them both, the way they uh, the CGI is pretty similar. They both rely heavily on very good practical effects, and uh, I don't know, just from the way he shoots movies, man, it just it feels like it's all one place. Yeah, and I, I agree, and I, I I do like how you. Uh, do kind of put those two movies together, although it's weird yeah. because they're not. Uh, I mean, they're made no. by different directors, right? I mean, one's one's a Philip K. Dick story, and this one is a uh, nineteen fifty nine novel by Robert Heinkman. So yeah, different worlds, different authors, but it is funny how you you kind of get this. Uh, and I, I don't know this. This could be the way. This is what Verhoeven creates on film but you get this like dystopian future you know and yeah. this, this crazy militaristic world and government's gone awry kind of world so it's yeah it is weird how they just kind of tie in together but they're from totally different creators right yeah it i think one of those interesting parts about starship troopers is something they, they never really touched on is how did society get to where it is at this point 
because it, it, the way it, is it just one world government, but but it's led by the military. Is that how they're governed? So interesting enough, I, in this part? I guess I guess you didn't pick up on this one um, because there, there are hints of what is in there. So, really? yeah, you go to the very beginning of this film, right? It starts off with just this propaganda you know, rah, 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 we're the military, we want you to join that stuff. And then we go to our, you know, our quote unquote heroes of the film and they're sitting in a classroom (laughs) taught by Michael Ironside. And and at this moment, we learn that, well, we, we became this world because democracy failed. The social scientists failed. They let society fall and what rose out of that is a very militaristic-led world that says, you know what, force is what matters. Um, you know, that's the only way to actually solve problems. You know, the worlds of, you know, trying to talk problems out and stuff, that's, that's for weaklings, no. Boy, imagine if we lived in a place like that. Yeah, and I, it's see, yeah, and this this is the thing about this is that that's why I love Verhoeven because Verhoeven has a tendency to take a look at what's kind of going on and and satire it right. I mean, he's looking at it and he's saying, okay, I'm gonna Man. blow this up and put it right in your face and make it funny and make it crazy, but I'm going to send a message to you and say, look, but you're this, not gonna understand it for about 15 years. Yeah, but this when is you a, do, a real <laughs> thing that's out there that could happen, yeah. but you got to look for the warning signs. Mm-hmm. So this, and this is what I like about Verhoeven and how he layers his film. And when I said that this is this would appeal to people of all ages and they can watch it and get something out of it, depending on who you are. So as we meet our heroes, <laughs> right, here they are. You got Casper Van Dyne who plays uh, God, uh, Johnny, Johnny Rico. Rico. Yeah, he's our he's one of the best hero, hero names I think I've ever heard, though. <laughs> I will give him that. That's pretty fucking solid. But he's, he's starting off and just drawing this corny picture, you know. And, you know, you got these girls in class and they're all, you know, making cutesy faces with each other and stuff. And so you're just Typical like, high yeah, school movie kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, this is a very 90s high school themed show, right? And you're getting it. Right. But if you're not paying attention to what the teacher is saying, this is the multi-layers Which I'm talking about Which is very easy to ignore, He's apparently. walking around and saying, yes, yeah, so let's continue our discussion about how democracy fails us and how sheer force is what will win us, you know, everything. And that, you know, you know, if you want to be a citizen, uh, you know, because this future is all about, you know, you have to go serve military, serve the military if you want any of the basic rights, you know, that a military right. is supposed okay. to provide – so that's my question, though. So are people who don't serve, do they not – because I, I get the sense, like, uh, f- from what we find out in the story, is like Johnny Rico is like, he's a pretty rich kid. And uh, he, his goal is to try to enlist because he wants to impress his his girlfriend. Uh, what, what's her name? Uh, uh, Carmen. 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 Uh, yeah, yes. played by uh, Denise Richards. I yep. think, like, her and Casper, this was their first big role, along with probably a lot of other people in this movie. But uh, he really wants to impress her. The way to do that is apparently he's got to join the military. Um, but I get the sense from the conversations he has with his parents about it that they have no affiliation with the military whatsoever. So is his dad just like super baller rich? And that's how he's able to have like the life he does without having to go through and serve and like be given the, I guess, the gifts of citizenship or whatever it is. Yeah, that's yeah, the way I take it way. is, yeah, he comes from money. So he, he his family doesn't need to do that. He is, he represents... What, I mean, it, it goes to today, but I mean, if you go back to, say, around World War One, where, mm-hmm. and World War Two, and even the Civil War, where 
as as in many wars, the poor are often the first ones to get pulled into this stuff. Yep. To go fight, you know, we we've all heard it. You know, it's it's poor men going off to fight a rich man's a rich man's war, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that I think that is what Rico's father is. He's like, no, this is ridiculous. I don't necessarily buy into the whole necessity of having to serve to get my rights. I've got money that gets me my ticket to society. But that's the mm. society that they live in here, where if you want these rights, if you want to be a politician and run for government, or if you want to have kids, yeah. <laughs> you know, the beer, the sheer things that we would assume are basic human rights. This new society has said, no, you don't get those unless you serve the greater good, which is the military. This is because this is all satire of what the military industrial complex can become. Right. Right. It's, it's, and also to like, you have to understand like Paul Verhoeven, like where he grew up in the time he grew up too. like, there's, there's a lot of themes and layers going on in this fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, this is, if you watch it, I mean, you'll, you'll see the imagery of Nazi Germany throughout this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit, even some of the costumes that we'll end up seeing in the this goddamn thing, uniform Doogie Howser's wearing the yes, whole fucking movie man. is a is a SS uniform. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's but let, once again, it's Verhoeven throwing it right in your face. He's making oh, sometimes yeah. he wants to make it so obvious to you that you you get it. But like I said, the first time I watched this, I didn't necessarily pick up on that. Until I, you know, after I started like learning more about film and, you know, in right. educating myself more about history and stuff. And you start realizing, like, oh, wow, you know, there's there's a lot of layered themes here. And it's it's a lot more complex for a for a movie that on the surface just looks like a crazy action film about, <laughs> you know, soldiers going off to fight aliens. Handsome people fighting giant bugs. Oh, and you said it too. Yes, <laughs> handsome. I mean, it's it's. I've heard this and some of the other stuff I've read, you know, that this whole movie shows like it's just a one big propaganda film for some society that's out there, right? This is what it Mm -hmm. is to be military. You know, the beautiful people going off and fighting the good fight. Come join us. You know, that's, that's what this whole movie is. And it, it really, once you watch it again, you, you get that. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) So very early on, though, like as they're in school, you know, we're introduced to more about Johnny Rico and you, you learn he's very much like, you know, he, he's the alpha kid. He's the captain of whatever weird sport they're yeah, playing. Yeah, it's kind of weird football game. Yeah, he's captain of the team, even though he, he seems to be pretty dumb. Like they they don't shy away from the fact that Sean, he's pretty much an idiot. Like because he they, they all get their basically their uh, their SCT scores back and he he tanks math with like a 30% or something like that. Yes. And uh, this is where we're introduced to his best friend, uh, Carl, played by, uh, I want to call him Doogie Hauser, but I noticed that his name, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, he'll ever, and this was he'll his first big Doogie role. Hauser. Like he was coming off of Doogie. So he's trying to, sh- he's trying to shed, you know, the, the Doogie-ness. So yeah, this is definitely he's before How I Met Your Mother. This one. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he comes up and he's like a super genius kid and he displays, Poor Johnny Rico's just abysmal math scores for everybody to see, and you know it establishes their friendship and their future. And you know, uh, you get the sense throughout this movie that uh, throughout the, the portion we're seeing in the high school that Johnny and Carmen are together, but she doesn't really, she hasn't really committed to him at all. Like no. he's he's very much still chasing her throughout, like almost two thirds of the movie. Actually, the whole movie. This is what it turns out to be. In a way, is yeah. that uh, especially in this first part, yeah, he's really trying to, you know, 
make her his essentially. And all as all this is going on, there's uh, a, a Ginny Weasley basically off to the side, um, <laughs> who's who's his best friend. You know, she's like the Cole captain of the, of the sports team. Basically, you know, she's basically a female Johnny Rico, uh, played by Dinah Meyer. And he had wants nothing to do with her. Like she, her, her intentions for Johnny and, and wanting him are very apparent. But he's just like, nah, I don't want that one. I want this one. That's nothing to do with me. And you know, and so on goes the movie. Yeah. So this this movie does another good job of like kind of showing the good, like all these characters. They're not. It shows their faults. What I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You, yeah. You get Carmen who. She's so vapid. She she knows that she's the center of the world with all the guys and all that. And so she keeps Johnny around because Johnny's like the good looking guy, right? He's the athlete in high school. But she yep. knows. Yep, I, I I'm meant for more than this. I'm smarter than I'm gonna you, do Johnny. Better. <laughs> yeah, I'm when we leave, we're done. You know, she knows that he's not yeah. gonna amount to much. She knows what he comes from. He's just a spoiled <laughs> kid with from money, you know, who's really good at sports. Right. She wants more than that, but she wants more than a handsome idiot. Is what, yeah. is what she's getting at. Basically. And and so is Carl. You know, he he shows his latent, you know, psychic abilities. Psychic, because in the future yeah. here, yeah, apparently there are psychics out there. They're they're mutants. Everybody's becoming part, like an X Man, basically. <laughs> yes. So he's he knows that he's he's meant for better things too, as mm-hmm. we'll we'll definitely learn later on in this film. And then yeah, there's there's Rico who says, well. Okay, I got my choice. I'm going to go off and become a citizen or I'm going to stay home. You know, his parents say, stay home, stay home. Don't get involved with this. It's, it, it doesn't matter. You're going home. on vacation, young man. It's yeah. like, oh, that's a punishment right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. And instead he's like, no, I'm going to go follow this girl who doesn't necessarily like me. And <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm also going to ignore the other hot girl who really does like me. Right. Oh, and here's the thing too about you know we get the idea that that Carmen is very intelligent as well, so she qualifies for like for for pilot training for the military and all that. And because Johnny is just so dumb as a rock, basically, he only I don't know what. Okay, I get the point they're trying to make because you know we're familiar with the military, but they're basically saying he has no brains, so he's no he just they shuffle him off right after the mobile infantry, which is basically just you know he's. They're they're grunts. Yeah, you're cannon fodder. For, for lack you're, of a better term, yeah. yeah we're gonna they're send cannon you fodder at that point. Send yep. you off to die, you know, on the battlefield. Yeah. That's all you are. But he knows this going into it, but he's still, he's just still, like, he wants to make it out on his own, and he's just so wants to get Carmen. He knows he's actually going to the slaughterhouse, but he's like, well, fucking, what else am I going to do? Well, well, we'll discuss this character arc that he does have, <laughs> you know, throughout <laughs> this film. Um or lack of, but I'll, I'll discuss yeah. that later. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, this is the society that he lives in, though. This is yep. this is my path, and we'll learn that other people that go in with him in the mobile infantry, this is the only path that they really have to get ahead and and achieve the most basic things that they want in their life. You know, the stuff that we would really take for granted and are supposed to take for granted. You know, right. these people have to go out there and basically, well, I'm the chances are I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get shot up, lose a limb because everybody yep. they, that, that, you know, you run into that was in the mobile infantry is all missing a limb. And it's like they all had a run in with a lightsaber or something. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, all the characters they've shown so far, like they're, yeah, they're all, yeah, 
they're all chopped to bits basically, but they're still walking around just fine. Yeah, everybody has some kind of battle scar that they're carrying. Yeah, you know, but for Ruba Clanahan, like, was her? She was a like, she was a science teacher for a brief scene in the movie where they're talking about uh, the big bad of the movie. Like we haven't talked about yet is the Earth's at war with a planet of bugs. Yes, uh, giant bug aliens, and how how it even started. I don't. They don't get into that. No, it's somehow Snoke returned, and we'll, well, we'll just fucking wet that it's, shit it's away. Not, it's not that they're just like, oh, we're going to put it in there, and it's happened. It's the theme of this movie, and 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 what Verhoeven is doing with this is he doesn't want that explained. He says right. it doesn't matter. We're militaristic. <laughs> we have to have an enemy to fight, and as we'll yeah. learn, it's it's because this is our society now has evolved to a point where we've we've created starships. We can travel long distances we're just going to go colonize other places and i'll be damned who cares what other life forms might be living there that's not important we'll just go there right. and crush them that's the this point is that Verhoeven is making is like he's he's kind of looking at the history of the world and saying yeah see all this imperialism that's gone on and and to a point does happen today this that's the outcome of it it it's this idea that i can go and take what's whatever i want and if they don't like it, well, guess what? I'm just going to shoot you. It's yeah. It's just re- a reflection of, of what this society has become. We don't care about getting along with people anymore. It's about sheer force. And it goes back to what Ironside was saying when he was teaching his class. The only thing that matters is sheer force of will. You know, violence solves the problem. Diplomacy, friendship, that's all bullshit. It's all about... The use of force, and that will solve every conflict that we encounter. Yeah, there's really a lot more in this movie going on than, like, yeah, you said the first oh, time I watched it's it. It's layered, man. It's and yeah. you'll pick up the more more that you watch it, you get you pick up just a little bit more, and you're like, wow, Verhoeven, you are a goddamn genius when you're putting this together. Yeah, it it's it and it, it, by and large, like you know, it's it. <laughs> It is an entertaining movie. You know what I mean? Oh man! Like I said, it'll because I, I think I, out of a hundred and what was the budget? 100, you said 100? About a hundred to hundred ten million. Okay, so I think the uh, the F, the FX alone of this movie were half of that. So they really they put their money in the right places for this one because the looks of the movie, especially being from nineteen ninety seven, it holds. Oh, it's a lot like, of fun. Some of, the C, some of the CGI is better than some of the fucking movies Warner Brothers had put out this year. I'll you know give you. I mean? Like, this was around the time, maybe a year later, when Blade came out. And remember how terrible that CGI was? Yeah, man. Like, that, this, that one was great. This movie, you could tell, yeah, they did, definitely put their money in because it's a mixture of, like, like CGI. Like, this was the time when CGI was just starting to really come out. You are mm-hmm. really getting into a lot of like fancy CGI, but there was this mixed with some practical effects. You know, you had some of those uh, aliens, some of those giant bugs were yeah. actually giant. Were actually props. giant they looked props. Really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, then and you could clearly see what were the practical effects, what were the matte paintings, and then what right. were the CGI properties. But it, yeah, I agree with you. I think it, for most part, when you realize, yeah, this was ninety seven. This does hold up fairly well. Oh, it absolutely does. You know, yeah. yeah. It's not movies of today, but it, it, I think for its time and what it was, I think it looks really good. And I think I, I, I watched Total Recall very recently. And mm. a lot of that, a lot of that movie, like the, 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 the graphics and like the, uh, the makeup in that, in that movie hold really well too. I think this, that just might be something Verhoeven does. It's like he, he really tends to focus on just 
like aesthetics. Like I, I know a lot of directors do, obviously, because they're fucking directors and that's most of their job. But goddamn, dude, he's he's got a really he's got a really good eye <laughs> for things, and he just they hold. The yeah. guy's a fucking good director. So like Total Recall, if you remember, yeah, there was. I mean, I don't even want to say how much really there was a uh, CGI because most of the stuff in that film are all practical effects. Yeah. He likes to use that. I agree with you. He finds people who are very good at that and very innovative at coming up. You know, the Stan Winstons of the world, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you need those people to pull that off. And it looks really, really good. Um, Is that who did the bugs in this one? Was, this, was that Stan Winston? No, this was not Stan Winston. I, boy, I, I didn't bring up the uh, information on that. I don't know who did the special effects for this. But fucking hats off to him. It, it oh, it's it's gorgeous. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Oh, Phil Tippett, Tippett Studios. That's for right. The claymation stuff and some pictures right. and image works. Yes, thank you. Yep. I knew that actually. <laughs> okay, good deal. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought it looked really good. Um, well, that explains it. Yeah, okay. I mean, the cinematography in this thing, I, oh, I would, sure. I don't give that as, as high grades. Um, this movie is very bright. It's, uh, you know, besides the, the battle scenes at night, I don't think that it's like everything else is just all, I don't know. It's very garish. Um, maybe yeah. that's the style that he wanted. I, I thought he could have done a little better with it, but you know, it, it, it was okay. <laughs> um, so it's, at, at this point here, back to the, back to the plot quote, yeah, yeah, the um, quote unquote plot is that, uh, Doogie Hauser, Colonel Doogie Hauser has already fucked off to his military intelligence school and Carmen and Rico are saying goodbye and, Johnny is just so desperate for just attention from Carmen. He says, I love you. She doesn't return it. He then asks her to return it. And then she obliges, you know, begrudgingly kind of. Yeah, like get away from me. (laughs) Yeah, basically they go their separate ways. And uh, this is where we get a pretty good portion, like a a, a chunk of the movie, I guess, is dedicated to, to Johnny in boot camp. Yeah. And I will say this. I think act one of this film is the best act of this entire film. It's it's the most it's the most satirous of the film itself. Yeah, where it just yeah it explores all these interesting facets of this society, and and once he goes to boot camp, you really this is where you start picking up on the idea like all these other people from all over, all over the country or all over the world basically because there are people living in Buenos Aires and you know you know I yep. assume the United States still exists I don't know. But yeah, they all they're all going here, much like real militaries. You got people from all walks of life showing up yep. there, joining for whatever their reason is, you know, to better mm-hmm. their life. So that's that's where we and get we get this. that's where we get the idea that uh, since Johnny's a rich kid, he's really the only one who doesn't have to be there. Correct. At least that's yeah on the surface that's what it looks like. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so while he's there, he's obviously, uh, you know, he's because he's the captain of the team. He wants to be he wants to be captain of the army, basically. So he's he's really trying to become a squad leader. And it's here we meet his chief rival slash best friend <laughs> slash friend of me. Uh, and uh, I had seen Frighteners the year before, so I was already familiar with him. But to see him in his full unghostly guys, uh, Jake Busey <laughs> is in this one. And man, he. He always kind of looks sinister, right? Like yes. he's just got a face. Like he's he looks like like an angry eagle, like all the time, man. <laughs> just so toothy and pissed. Like I don't know what it is, man, but man, he scares the fucking shit out of me. That guy. Yeah, he definitely got his dad's teeth. That's for sure. He did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, if you're Man. not familiar, yeah, if you're not, yeah, he's he's Gary Busey's son, and you, everybody yep. should know who Gary Busey is. We've definitely talked about him a lot on this show. Yeah, um, he was he, just in uh, Stranger Things, wasn't he? He was, yes. Yeah. He also had a bit uh, back in the '90s in that movie Contact with Jodie Foster. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. Um, he yeah he does play a good villain because he does have that face. You're absolutely right. He does because he's got oh it's a sinister grin that he has. Yeah. In the Predator, he played uh, he played the son of uh, of his dad's character. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, and the one they did with uh, with Boyd Holbrook, like the one that just came out that nobody, yeah, <laughs> that absolutely nobody saw. Yeah, nobody cares about like any of the Predator <laughs> yeah. films after Predator yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah, Jake Busey played uh, the son of his of his dad's character from Predator Two. God help us. I, I, I've never I, I have you ever seen this movie recommended to you on streaming anywhere? No. <laughs> the Predator Reboot 2018? Yeah, me neither. None of the Predator films <laughs> except one and two have ever been recommended to me. And that's only because yeah. I've watched them more than once. Yeah, I guess same here. <laughs> yeah, the Anytime other ones, they pop up, basically. Yeah, the other ones I kind of refuse to watch. I just, I never want to watch. I've seen bits and pieces of them. Don't ever want to go and watch the whole thing. You've seen enough of them, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I, know what the, I know what the whole story is. So, yeah. Yeah, you got it. So when he, uh, Jake Busey's character, his name is Ace, right? Is that his whole name in this that's, movie? Is just Ace? I think that's what he goes by. That's all by. they ever call yeah. him, I think. Yeah. So they have a, a friendly competition where they're kind of jockeying back and forth to see who's going to be squad leader. And of course, uh, Dizzy Flores, uh, Dinah Meyer's character, she actually follows Johnny. Uh, presumably, she was going to go play pro whatever sport they were playing in high school because that's where they left where they left her character. But she then follows Johnny to the meat grinder because she wants to. She wants him. Yeah. And then uh, she's, while she's, she's there too, like does. she's also, yeah, she's, she's also asserting herself as as being pretty qualified to be a squad leader herself. Like she's just as physically talented as Johnny, you know, obviously she's pretty bright because, you know, she didn't have to <laughs> go to the infantry like Johnny did. She volunteered for it. So uh, there's a lot of layers to her character as well. Well, this is, and this is another fascinating thing because like Beerhoven loves to put this in his films. He certainly did in RoboCop. He's created mm-hmm. uh, this futuristic society where gender doesn't really play a big role in society anymore. Right. Where all these characters, they will shower together. They live together. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was, that was something to see. Yeah. It's weird. And like I said, and it's not until, you know, I re- I thought about it and I going back to a Robocop and stuff like he does the same thing. He's got women in the locker room at the police force. You know, yep. when, when Murphy comes in there, it's just, and, and this society thinks nothing of that now because it's just normal. You know, there. Mm-hmm. I've heard that there are people who say that, yeah, eventually our society is going to be that way anyway as we continue to progress and start, you know, stop holding on to these ideas of what it is to be one gender or the other, you know. But, right. you know, it's fascinating to see, once again, like his forward thinking to say this is what society could or may evolve to one day. And, you know, yeah. what what does that say about us and how does that make us better or, or worse, depending on your point of view? I mean, just from a production standpoint alone, how much money do they save having everybody shower together? Well, yeah, it's it's maybe some cost savings and also maybe just another reason to put some tits because Verhoeven is very, very well known for having women's tits in his movies. He loves to have that. Dude, we even see, we basically see Jake Busey's shaft in this movie too, Casper Van Dien's butt. It's like, there's just so much nudity in this thing. It's everywhere. Once again, Verhoeven, now apparently, I don't know if I believe this story or not because I I just, I heard it, but like I heard that most of the cast was very uncomfortable with this scene as they're walking around naked. Oh, so they yeah, insisted no that Verhoeven, uh, as as a as a deal to get this thing shot, he had to film this thing in the nude as well. And well, appara- I mean, and hats off to him if he did. Allegedly, he did. 
But, I mean, this is a Dutchman. I mean, it's like a European. He probably didn't give a shit. You might have showed up naked at work. Like, what's yeah, wrong with this? Yeah, this is normal. So, right. yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's a, tr- a true story or not, but I think it's a funny one if it is true. Yeah, but, but it's actually, but it's in the, the shower scene also. It wasn't just, it wasn't like it was just a shot of everybody naked and there was no dialogue. Like, no, that, this is where it. we find out everyone's backstory, basically. Like, all the soldiers who enlisted with Johnny and Ace and, and, and Dizzy, this is where we get, like, well, I want to be a politician, but I have to serve. I want to have kids, but I have to serve. I want to be an artist, but I have to serve. And it's like, yep. God damn, like, this, this is exactly how it is. Yeah, it's, it's, and it, this is the one that, because it, it wasn't really until this viewing that I kind of, like, I just, I did some self-reflection on this because there really are people I, I've talked to or I've heard, you know, try to make this argument, you know, that, that yeah, I believe that all people should have to serve in the military for two years and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you should have to take a civics test before you're allowed to vote. You know, these these are real beliefs that people have. Now, I don't believe in any of these. I, I, I believe that you're, you know, you're a citizen and, you know, you, right. you, you can, you can voluntarily serve and do all that stuff. Nothing, none of this. because you're a reasonable decision. person, man. That's yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that there are societies that shape in ways, this ways on this, like Jesus. South Korea is like one of those, you know, they, they yeah. make everybody serve. I don't know if it's to necessarily to, you know, provide certain rights, but it's just something they have to be made to do. But yeah, it, I can't it, think of a worse idea for our country. Yeah. But if <laughs> you just, you, you kind of reflect on it and this is the, this is what, Verhoeven's trying to tell you though is like look do you really want to live in a society where you're like this is you know everything that you hold dearly now one day could be contingent on you making a trade for it right putting your life Mm -hmm. on the line so you can have some of the most basic human freedoms that we today say you know this is just what you should be given you know this is just to go to college one of the guys was just there just to pay for college yeah it's it's crazy you know the the world we live in and and how you know we can take those little bits from real life and and throw it in this movie and then but it but it's beaten over your head so badly here that you know i'm hoping that people take notice of it i hope that you know the, the point is being made that this isn't something that's just made up it it could actually happen yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it very easily could. But we haven't we haven't even got to talk about one of the best parts I think about the basic training is our good friend Clancy Brown. Who- yeah, uh, for those unaware, uh, Clancy Brown, the Kurgan. Uh, for for most of you, probably Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Um, you know what I mean? Well, I, I would yeah. say if anything, it's it's uh, the the head guard from Shawshank Redemption because he's. A- I, dude, I, I, there, there's no way more people know him from Shawshank Redemption than know him as Mr. Krabs. You think? There's absolutely oh. no way. Okay. I, dude, I will, I would put hard cash on that right now. More people know him as that cartoon crab than anything oh, else. That's an interesting one because also I would also say we did talk about him last week just in Ahsoka. He he was in yeah. Rebels and then he was actually showed up as his his uh, character in Ahsoka. His character, yeah. Pretty great. <laughs> I love Clancy Brown though. He's fun to watch whenever he shows up. Yeah, he's great. Like he's the he's the drill instructor. He's basically he's the Arlie Ermy basically. Uh, yeah. In this scene, and uh, another uh, not even character actor, but I guess at the time he was a bit of a character actor. Uh, Dean Norris. Yes. Is also Mr. Breaking Bad the, himself. He had <laughs> Hank. He's the commandant of the uh, of their training. De- de- well, it's not even really a, a training detachment, right? Because they they mobilize them to go right to war. Like, I, it, it's weird. But anyway, so uh, Clancy Brown is the head instructor, and he's really he's not one really to be fucked with. Like, he he makes it very known uh, very quickly just how dangerous 
the task is all these soldiers are, are undertaking by physically harming a lot of them. Like he he breaks uh, some giant farm guy's arm. He literally puts a knife right through Ace's hand, like for showing his teeth, which is a big sign of aggression coming from Abusey. Uh, there's just so much going on and a running joke is when he hurts someone he yells medic and that becomes yeah. a very tragic thing a little later on because during there was an exercise where Johnny was awarded squad leader because if he did well on a, an obstacle course and during a, a live fire exercise which is a, a term that I can't hear now just because it's ingrained, ingrained <laughs> yes. due to Dean Norris live fire exercise <laughs> yes. uh, it's during what this training exercise that Rico is leading a squad and one of the his teammates is his head is just blown mostly off in which they show <laughs> in great detail in this scene of the movie and then it we lead to a scene where Johnny is going to be punished for it. They literally lash him to a, a couple of uh, a posts, and they whip him ten times. This is and this was like called a, administrative punishment. Flogging, yeah, an administrative, an administrative punishment. Yeah, and this is how he, you know, he he pays basically for getting one of his teammates killed. Is just you know, a little bit of light flogging. Yeah, it's yeah. and it's reflective of this society they live in now because we learned earlier too. Because throughout this film, it's much like RoboCop. Uh, Verhoeven loves to put in like these new spots to kind of tell you what the world <laughs> is as a whole yeah. and what we're living in. And one of the things you learn about this society through one of those newscasts is that oh yeah, they captured a murderer. Uh, he's on trial like at eleven o'clock, and then his execution will be held out at eight o'clock that night for everybody to yeah. watch. It's like this is yeah how society has turned into this you know. Three panel judge, judge, jury, executioner, all in one. And just there you go. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. And so, uh, like, what we're led to believe is that if he faced this punishment, he would be allowed to stay. But as it turns out, uh, you know, this is after Karma broke up with him. You know, she sent him like a nice little little DM. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it said, Hey, I'm here in space. It looks amazing. You're kind of dumb. I need more. We're going to move on. And then, you know, he gets his friend killed, and Johnny just really has enough. So he's. He submitted his paperwork. He's going to quit. And literally as he's on his way walking out the gate. Wait, calling uh, his parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was it. Yeah, uh, he called his parents. And uh, uh, during the video chat, like the call goes dark. You know, he loses signal, which happens. So he he just goes to leave the gate. to his. He's going to fly home. And his parents are going to take care of him and all that stuff. Uh, it's then at this point his entire unit is mobilized because as it turns out, like this this one guy yells, we're going to war. Uh, the bugs launched some sort of a long-range attack and took out the entire, like, <laughs> the entire reason where Johnny's from. Yeah, Buenos Aires. <laughs> Buenos Aires, yeah. So then there's this whole kind of, not fun scene, but like a, there's a scene to where uh, between Clancy Brown and Dean Norris's character where you, you get like, you know, they're not complete heartless badasses. Like Johnny had already submitted his paperwork to quit. He comes back in. He's like, sir, please. Like my entire family was killed. And they both kind of tear up his paperwork and they let him go off to war to try to uh, revenge. get yeah. some revenge. Yeah. To, to avenge his parents and whoever else. And it's also at this time too, where we're, the movie starts off with one of these newsreels you're talking about where they show, like, we're on this planet, Klondathu or whatever it's called, and here's the bug invasion. And and you see early shots of, of all of our main characters kind of before we know who they are. And it's basically just a slaughter. And then it fast forwards in time, and we get through all the story we're at, catch up to where we are at this point in the movie to where Johnny and, uh, and Dizzy and Ace, like their whole squad, they're getting ready to go on this planet. And uh, they're meeting in space, like – 
there's a big spaceport. They're all meeting together. And this is where Johnny and Carmen, like they just kind of bump into each other throughout yeah. the whole galaxy. Yeah. Like they're, she, from her pilot training, like her and her new hot boyfriend are there. And uh, Johnny and this guy actually fight over her a bit, which is, you know, it felt kind of out of place given what's going on, but you understand it. Like Johnny's really, Johnny's been wanting to get at this guy for quite a while, I guess. Yeah, since they were playing the sport back They were football in rivals. Yeah, that's yeah. all that's big too, yeah. It's like this handsome co-pilot who Carmen just found out in space was Johnny's football rival from Buenos Aires. So weird, yes. Yeah, it's like fucking Tatooine, man. It's like the one place, like everybody's from <laughs> Buenos Aires on Earth. It's just the way it is. So after uh, after late, they have another, you know, meet up. They're like, you know, they part ways again. Johnny and his team then descend upon the planet where they are just slaughtered it's a pretty cool scene it's it's the nighttime or one of the nighttime ones you're talking about where everything looks pretty cool mm-hmm. like as far mm-hmm. as the invasion goes like it's the the graphics cgis goes it is just it is beyond violent and it's kind of like a like a sci-fi version of saving private ryan like you know that scene on on, on the beach when it's just pure chaos and it's, it's hell yeah like that's what this one is uh in starship troopers and it's it, it it's at this like uh, we're at this uh, point in the movie too, where it, it looks like Johnny Rico is, is killed. Very much. <laughs> like our so. hero basically is taken out. Like what? It, or is this basically the end of the third act, or are we into the second at this? No, point? we're you're getting into the second act of this film. So I like yeah. I like this. I love this scene though because this is another one of you know Verhoeven sending kind of a message. This is. I, I believe what his inspiration was the, you know, during World War One during the mobilization of that, you know, there was this big push that you wanted to get everybody involved and get everybody to join up. And you had mm-hmm. all these people just come forward and say, yeah, I'm going to go do this. I'm going off to the great adventure of war, which right. all these people are, because all the all you see beforehand is them celebrating and drinking and saying, yeah, we're going out there. We're going to kick some ass. Oh, yeah, they're all they're and all hyped. Shit like, and getting ready to go kick ass. Like every soldier, no matter where they were from in, in World War One, whether it was Germany, France, Britain, United States, wherever it was, once these people got onto the battlefield and realized that, you know, what the whole plan is to just send wave attack of people one after another into an unknown, yeah. unknown war and watching and each one of these people just watching all of these people get slaughtered. You know, the reality doesn't set in. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, war is not glamorous. It's not beautiful. You know, it's there's nothing yeah. romantic about it. They're just mm-hmm. getting shredded. But even what makes it even worse is that they just sent them in there, didn't even really know what the enemy was, what they could really do. No. And these bugs just basically overrun them with sheer numbers. They just, they can't shoot them fast enough. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of, I love the scene and I love what it does because it turns out that like 100,000 people were killed in just one night. One hour. It was one hour. Yeah, one hour. It was even worse. <laughs> yes. So yeah, they they have to pull back and then regroup and say, okay, let's rethink our plan here. So they yeah. they go on to uh, what turns out to be. Well, I should I should take a step back because as Rico's unit is kind of basically just completely destroyed, what's yep. left of his unit because Rico's not. He turns out he's not dead. Everybody thinks he's dead, but he's not dead, and. He gets they literally just threw him in a back to tank. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. exactly what they did. Yeah, and then he gets shipped off to another unit who is commanded by his old teacher, Michael Ironside. Yeah, uh, Mr. Radcheck. Yeah, he put the uniform back on and said, hey, let's go out there. And he's 
he's kind of a badass in this film. I do like his character, even though what he what he stands for, what he communicates and teaches people isn't exactly correct. Uh, yeah. He is a lot of fun to watch in this film, though. <laughs> he is. He's entertaining. He is a guy that you, if you really were in combat, you probably would follow this guy over a cliff. You know, I'll be damned to whatever it meant to your safety. Yeah. He's pretty badass in this movie. And when Johnny and Ace and Dizzy join up with with the Roughnecks, they're called, they they go through a couple of successful missions. And uh, Johnny is pretty quickly field promoted uh, through the ranks a bit. And he almost overnight basically established himself as uh, as Radchek's number two, right? Yeah, well, the way it works is, you know, when the uh, higher level officer or NCO dies, like he just picks somebody to get in place and he says, you're yeah. it until, you know, either you die or I find somebody better. <laughs> right. <That's laughs> so, so it's a quick way to get Johnny promoted. That's how promoted. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, very quickly he becomes squad leader and then sergeant. Uh, yep. Because as we're watching, they're – military tactics the humans have evolved a little bit to say okay we're gonna start just go and find them piecemeal find the bugs piecemeal blow up their they, nest with nuclear weapons and yeah. just kind of clear zone by zone you know it's, it's after after their air force basically for lack of a better term goes through and, and lays down heavy fire yeah then they go through and clean up everybody else it's it's what's it's a reflection of history because at this point now you're getting into what many would say this is what the american united states did in vietnam as yep. they went and said okay we're just going to drop a lot of bombs on the enemy and we'll send our troops in there to not necessarily take land but go out there go find the enemy destroy them and just keep going so mm-hmm. there's no there's no clear victory for them. They're just going to go through yep. and, and all they want to do is if they find bugs, they're going to kill them as they come across them and just try to eradicate them. That's all and they, they use these like these little handheld like football, uh, you know, nukes or whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah they evolve so well that they can shoot from a shoulder fired weapon a nuclear yeah. missile into these caves and these things are i mean these the explosions they make are pretty huge i don't i'm not sure how these guys survive you know this i love the fact how humans are now uh, we're not able to be harmed from nuclear fallout yeah I at all that's yeah. a pretty cool superpower they just keep going yeah dude it's wild it must like they sent off so many of these too like johnny rico like he had there is a pretty it, okay it, it's one of the daytime scenes you talk about but it is pretty cool to see like there's a during one of their battles, there's this gigantic like a uh, tank bug, like beetle bug. Like Johnny that's what I does like a, you know like 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 you know like Luke on Hoth. You know he, he takes down the the giant impossible thing. You know and there's a pool. There's a pretty cool big explosion. There's a lot of goo. Oh yeah. Like in this one, like for them splattering the the bugs, the alien bugs. There's a lot of goo. There's there's big you know swaths of orange goo and there's green like goo and everyone's glue. just covered in muck and yuck. Yeah, and everything. <laughs> uh, you know, this is when Johnny has has one of these, you know, cool scenes where he established himself. Like, I don't even know if it's really like an arc at this point. Like, is he – what is this supposed to establish about him? That just that he's like really athletic and brave? Well, he's fearless, yeah. He, he's still your okay. hero. He He's going to do whatever – what he's been taught to do basically is like you're yeah, going to okay. go into the breach and if you die, you die. If not, right. you know, you're going to survive. You're, you can be a hero. You're going to be a citizen, quote unquote. Yeah, okay. So, you know, that's that's what he is. That, that That's what he – he's doing what he was taught to do like everybody else around him. Yeah. And then – so in, to celebrate this part, uh, his victory over the giant bug, Radchek has a, a, a whole container of, of beer and toys and – 
and a, a fiddle. And violins, that Jake yeah. Busey is just eerily attracted to. Picks uh, it up and starts playing it so aggressively at people. It oh my god, it's so putting to watch. But uh, Dizzy again, you know, makes a play for Johnny and he rebuffs her. And then Ratchek tells him like, you know, hey, don't be an idiot. And he's like, all right, you know, I guess I'll go for it now. You, you, I've seen the light. So, you know, Dizzy finally and Johnny finally get together and, you know, they, they seem to find like a piece of happiness, you know, throughout the the horrors they're experiencing, only for it to all just be summarily wiped away in an instant. Uh, the next day, d- during another battle, they're uh, as they're pushing forward, trying to reclaim more of this territory, they come upon an outpost and it, it has just been savaged by, by bugs. It's seemingly there's no survivors. There's just, there, there's wiped out military left and right. And there's bits of, civ- of civilians left to wear and bugs and things like that. And they do find uh, a survivor uh, amongst the, the wreckage of the movie. And I can't, for the life of me, I cannot tell you this guy's name, but as soon as I saw him, I instantly recognized him from total recall. Um, He's the uh, he's the guy that Quato. Yeah, yeah, he's Quato. He he's the human face of Quato. I can't remember the guy's name, but I've seen him in a bunch of movies. And you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's one of those guys where you see him like you know, like Verhoeven's using him more than once. So it's like, oh, it's a thing. Yeah, just like Dean Norris. I mean, Dean Norris was the yeah, guy with the yeah, weird yeah. face in Total Recall. In too. Total Recall, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony, Tony. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but anyway, so this guy's like freaking out. He's like, you know, we're all gonna die, and and Ratchek basically like. He he punches him and says, you know, stop being an idiot. You're going to get us killed. You know, calm down. So the soldiers then have to hold the compound uh, and they're radioing in for a, for a, for a rescue. And then just more bugs. than I think we've yet seen established in the movie just surround them. And almost everyone is wiped out. Like Ratchek is just uh, he's he's fatally wounded and he looks at Rico and he's like, do it, Rico. So. Rico shoots him in the chest, and this is a callback to an earlier scene when they're on patrol, and one of their uh, corpsmen is taken by flying bugs, and he's dropped into a nest, like, you know, for baby birds to eat, basically, and Red Check shoots him. He's like, expect anyone of you do the same for me, and so we come to the point to where he's now mortally wounded, and Rico's got to, he's got to murder his, his hero and, you know, his his mentor, basically, and he does, and as they're running away, uh not only does he lose his mentor, he also loses the the new love of his life because Dizzy is then slaughtered by a bunch of bugs. Uh, but uh, unlike what he did for his hero and friend is in uh, Mr. Ratchek by putting him out of his misery and shooting him while he, so he didn't suffer, he literally drags Dizzy onto a spacecraft as they're being rescued and allows her to die painfully for several minutes. Like, yes, yeah. they're flying back into space. And instead of maybe giving her a bit of peace, like, you know, what he did just moments earlier for somebody else. I found that a little strange. Well, I didn't. I didn't because this this is. Really? Yeah, because this is Rico's, his, his, his minuscule arc. arc of this film is <laughs> oh, that man. he still like a does. Bump, not an arc. He yeah. does have a layer of humanity about them. And this and this was expressed in his classroom at the very start when, when the teacher was asking him, like, do you understand and do you believe the fact that, yeah, that violence and, and, and force is the way to solve that? And he says, I don't know. Like, he's kind of ostracized a little bit because he's not buying into this whole propaganda shit of propaganda, like, but the, yeah, the pure force of will will win the day. So in yeah. this one, he's learned throughout this that, you know what? Yeah, I don't love Carmen. Like, I, like, I don't know why I've been chasing her all these years. She never really loved me. And I was only chasing her for purely, you know, 
strange, I mean, superficial reasons yeah. where he finally realizes that, oh, there's somebody here who actually is kind of likes me too. And I actually, yeah, I'm attracted to her and I got an interest in everything she does. You know, so he, he finally makes this connection with her. And then like most heroes, they lose that person, right? That person's going to end up dying. Like you, you knew she was going to die the moment these two hooked up. It's oh like, yeah, as soon as she said I love you, it's like, oh, that's it. She's it's like the first gone. it's the first Bond girl in every in Bond film. Like <laughs> yeah. I know I know you're not a big Bond fan, but I mean that's usually how it works, is the first Bond woman that, that Bond beds ends up dying in the film. Yep. So Yeah, so yeah. yeah it, in any action movie is the same way. So this is what happens here, and this is Rico actually making a it's still Holding on to his humanity. Now, the question whether remains now, does any of that humanity remain now after Dizzy is dead now? We'll, we'll, well, we'll talk about that as we get to the end of the film. And another further kind of fuck you from fate to Johnny Rico, basically, is the, the very pilots who come down to rescue him from oh, uh, yeah. and the love of his life from being slaughtered is his ex-girlfriend and her hot new boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like, but this, how the fuck can they not get away from these two in the whole universe? In the like, whole you know what I mean? like, universe. This army of Man. hundreds of thousands, like millions of people serving this <laughs> army, but these people are just right. crossing are crossing path. They got two motherfucking pilots in the whole thing, yeah. and it won't be the first time either. Yeah, he's literally in tears. Dizzy's blood is on him, and he has to look Carmen right in the face. It's like, man, this dude, he can't catch a break. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Carmen's got, like, what, some feelings for him all of a sudden? Like, she feels bad for him? Yeah, she's happy because up until this point, she thought he had died previously in in another battle, and then she sees him, and now all of a sudden, she's, you know, confused. So once again, it's a selfish act on her part. (laughs) Not necessarily that she feels bad for Rico and his loss, but no, he's alive, so that makes me feel better. Yep. So uh, Johnny then assumes command because literally everyone else ranked above him had been slaughtered at this point. And he tells the pilots, he's like, you got to nuke this planet. He's like, there's way too many bugs. He's like, we got to get out of here. And uh, they're then told no from a high, like a, an admiral that uh, says they have further plans for this. So they regroup and they're going to go back in and they're, uh, they're reinforced by a, a group of people who could best be described as maybe child soldiers because man some of the kids like that re that re-upped their numbers from boot camp they honestly they were kids like they were fucking like little kids holding guns Mm -hmm. like was that meant to be in the movie or were they just filling extras okay no no this is a once again sending a message about what it means to live in a militaristic society is like i don't care what it does to society the end goal is to win the war win the battle at all costs right and so this happened at the end of World War II when Germany was defending itself. The Germans basically pulled together and said, okay, we need every man who's able to do this. That included kids as young as like 10, 11 years old and men, men as old as 65 to 70 years old. They said, here's a gun. You're going to go out and fight. You know, and not only that, you're going to defend your city, but you're going to be defending against hardened soldiers who've been fighting a war for four years. Yeah. And they're, they're coming in here basically to destroy you. It's... Uh, it, it, <laughs> Let alone 12 foot tall bugs who are nothing but teeth yes. and pincers and yeah. stabby motions. Man. It's, yeah. it's kids who've been taught Wild. like, well, th- you're, you're, you serve a greater good. And so this is going to be noble for you to do. And like... Most of us, you know, like at that age, you know, nobody understands what it's like to watch somebody die. Right. So they're, of course, they're going to go willingly because they believe they're they're easier to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think once again, it's Fairhoven throwing that in there, throwing that satire in there, and saying, "Look, 
This is how ridiculous this cause is. Because once again, you don't really understand what the cause is. All you understand is these bugs are in our way. We have to go destroy them by any means necessary. And we're going to do yep. that. We're going to throw everything we have at it just to do it. Because we're just a militaristic society. We don't believe in, you know, live and let live or cohabitation, yep. anything like that. We are the, we are the top species and we're going to win. And so much so, like, an air marshal even says that. Like, he's given, like, a big rousing kind of speech. He's like, we're not going to stop until the humans are the dominant force in the galaxy. And yes. Like, he uses those exact fucking words. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, so it, as Johnny and his new batch of roughnecks in, in, you know, in just as they're preparing for the to go back to the planet where they were just all basically murdered – uh, the the fleet is in space and Carmen and, and I forget the guy's name. They're flying their their ship. Their ship is then taken down by like a plasma ball from a giant bug, and it crashes down on, on the very planet where she just rescued Johnny and his crew from. Yep. And then uh, her and handsome pilot are then captured by the bugs, taken alive, which we have not. Like, there's been a hint of, but we have not yet really seen at this point. Like basically every human interaction with a, an alien bug at this point had just resulted in human death. Like there's just there's no other way around it. Uh, but going back to the the, the fur like a, a few minutes ago before Ratchek was killed, when they were talking to that general or colonel, whatever he is, they had found uh, someone sitting at a desk who looked like uh, their brain was sucked out by a, a giant one tooth vampire, essentially. Yes, like the, exactly. there was a big cartoony hole in the top of his head and just a little bit of goo, and it's like they ate his brains. So as Carmen and handsome pilot are being dragged down into a cave, it turns out there's a. a there was a hypothesized brain bug and this is this is where the giant brain bug sort of appears and uh you know th there's a clear uh like i guess societal system to the bug like there's a is it where like you know the the arachnids of the soldiers there's a group of little ladybug looking things who are kind of carrying the brain bug on their back so like there, there's an they're an honest society and you start to see that they're not just sort of mindless bugs like there's there's more to them intelligence yeah, they're intelligent ones. life forms as yeah. we learn mm -hmm. and there'll be some irony to that here later yeah on. <laughs> yeah no shit uh so uh, in order for the brain bug to sort of extract intelligence uh, from whatever species it's trying to learn about it literally like this giant proboscis just comes out of the center of its head and it just ducks right down in a handsome boyfriend's uh, dome piece and sucks out his brains. Yep. In a, in yeah. given Verhoeven, I mean, it's it's as graphic as you would expect it to be. You say, like, Paul Verhoeven did a scene where a giant buck sucks out a dude's brain. It's like, no fuck away. <laughs> yes. so, whatever you're picturing, you're absolutely right. Yes, yeah, very much so. You can yeah. probably find it on YouTube if you wanted to. Yeah, and it's all done practical, too. Like, all these, like, and it's 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 done well like whoever did it did a fucking good goddamn job with this stuff man like it's it's still entertaining to watch like the cgi isn't so bad to where it's like uh going back and watching army of darkness now like to the scene where you yeah, have all the yeah. little ashes and big ash and it's like god this sucks like you don't really get that watching this movie like a lot of the stuff still it it it's really it's really entertaining to watch it's hard to it's hard to pick apart technically so it's easy to enjoy and like you know like you've been saying it's a upon multiple watches like you notice the, these little nuances and these little layers the things you hadn't seen before like watching this movie like just the most recent time was the first time i think i had noticed how young some of those kids were on the on the re-up before the final battle like mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. just you pick up on all these little things and man it's a lot of them really hold and now to this and, day. and you watch it again next time you're going to kind yeah. of take to heart kind of what we've talked about here and you're, it's going to give you a new perspective on what you're seeing you're like oh jesus yeah 
It's yeah. so wild. It's crazy. Uh, so anyway, after handsome boyfriend gets his brain sucked out, the brain bug goes to go to Carmen to suck her brains out. But she whips out a knife and, you know, she cuts off proboscis and uh, all the bugs kind of then lure, lurch around her at this point. Like, you, it's very obvious she's going to die. Well, uh, before uh, we should backtrack a little bit. Um, Johnny's team were dispatched to the planet and they're walking through a cave system and they've been made aware that... Uh, that Carmen was shot down, right? And they think she yes. might be alive. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they get that sense that she's alive, though? Well, they ever- at first, Rico says, no, she's clearly dead. You know, I'm, I'm a robot. I'm a program soldier. But then right. uh, he realizes, like, and maybe I'm just missing some parts here, but he's like, he comes to the conclusion, like, I can't let her die. Um, I've got to take the chance. And eventually does right. go down there and attempt to rescue her. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they're, they're walking through a cave system, and there's literally a fork in the road. And uh, Johnny stands there and looks at it, and he tells half or most of his team to go this way, and he takes two volunteers uh, to go down to the right. And he uses. They're they're kind of hinted earlier in the movie that uh, as part of Neil Patrick Harris's psychic powers, he can implant suggestions into animals' brains, but he he hadn't been able yet to to do that to humans essentially. Yes. So they kind of they left that smoking gun out there way back in Act One. Um, <laughs> so Johnny, uh, they're going down the cave as Carmen is being surrounded by all these bugs. Johnny appears with uh, one of these uh, football bombs, and you know has a a sort of like jokery talk to the brain bug. Like it's like you know what this is, you know, and he's being all intimidated with the bug and stuff, and to all rescue Carmen. Well, one of his soldier friends is taken down, and in a pretty. Uh, like Chavez and Gorman kind of move, like give me the explosive, get out of here. And that's exactly what happens. Like this guy Watkins, he uh, he takes the bomb from Rico. He makes everybody leave, and the uh, the intention is for him to set off the nuke and, and wipe out all the bugs that are there, uh, so that his friends can get away. And they all understand this that that, that is his intention to do so, mm-hmm. but they are not mm-hmm. moving very quickly whatsoever. No, <laughs> like no, they're, no. they're they're basically walking away from nuclear bomb instead of running as they should. And we've seen how big these explosions are. Huge. And then uh, they finally start running after a couple of seconds. And when the bomb goes off, like, they're not very far away. No. So I you know, th- there are some scientific questions, but, you know, it, it, they're fighting giant bugs, so you let a lot of things go. Yeah, you, you go with the story. You go with It's a Verhoeven film still. So as, as our group of, quote, heroes, Ace and, and Carmen and Johnny make their way out of the cave, it turns out, like, just – you know, a stone's throw away uh, at, a, at a giant cave entrance they hadn't seen before that it's just the size of the giant brain bug that's the size of a bus. Uh, they literally, uh, someone captured the giant brain bug and uh, the last we had seen, literally the brain bug and, and, and crew were just hauling ass away from the bomb kind of thing only to, to fall right into the clutches of the army waiting on the other side. So the, the, the booby kind of, it doesn't, it's not really the end here. It's like they capture the brain bug and we get it in a pretty weird interaction scene with uh, Neil Patrick Harris's uh, colonel or wherever he is shows up and he's wearing some pretty weird clothes and he walks up to the brain <laughs> bug and he, he puts his hand on the bug and he, he's reading the bug's mind and he's like, the bug's afraid. And literally everybody around him starts celebrating. They all cheer. Yes. They're just yeah. cheering at the fact this bug's afraid. And that's, like that's it. Here's, that's here's the, the big that's, irony. That's the of last it. point of plot basically you get before you cut to another kind of uh, propaganda, propaganda movie uh, sequence, and then that's, you know, fucking roll credits. Yeah, that's what I love about the end of this film 
is, it just stops. Is, you know, it's not a learning moment for any of these characters. They've they've no. watched their friends get killed. Their yep. their true love. You know, both both uh, Carmen and Johnny both had their true loves killed. They're very depressed about that. You know, nobody out there has learned a damn thing. All they realize, no. like, oh, the bugs are afraid. Let's cheer because that means we're winning. You know, it's, yeah. it's, there's no self-reflection on any of these people's part to say, you know, maybe there is a better way. Maybe the way we've been thinking about life right. that forces like, oh, the shit, way to win. How's a bug afraid? Do they have feelings? Like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, maybe they're intelligent. Like as they learned, okay, they're intelligent. <laughs> we could probably yeah. communicate with them and figure out, no. Yep. The rest of this film is, well, we, we, we've uh, captured a brain bug. We're going we're gonna to study that now and just figure yeah, out Yeah, they ways. show, like, mild torture scenes of this, of this brain bug in a lab somewhere. Yeah. And then, like you said, it cuts to a propaganda a film where it's just showing all our good-looking troops going out yep. there. You know, Carmen is now commanding a ship, and yep. Rico is still leading his squad, leading his roughnecks. You know, he hasn't learned a damn thing throughout this film. He is just saying, going, continuing to perpetuate this idea that this is right. That oh yeah, because the very last thing he says, he yells at his troops like, "You want to live forever?" Yeah. And like that's that's the it's last just, thing he fucking it's says. It's just continuing the, the cycle. It's comp- it's I mean it's it's verbatim repeated what the previous guy was saying. It's just yeah. continuing this cycle of saying, "Nope, all the all you people, you need to just fight for no goddamn reason because the military industrial complex says you need to do it because our leaders say you need to do this." Mm-hmm. You know, it just continues that cycle. Nobody has learned anything from their adventures and their tragedy that they've all endured. They look at it as, well, this is normal and this is how the world should live. You know, and that's just, that, that's not how humans work. But it's its Verhoeven saying that, look, if you're not careful, you could get brainwashed into this world of saying that this is normal. This is the way yeah. you're supposed to act. So yeah. it's 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 a great way to end a film that completely satires this idea of militarism, you know, nationalism, fascism, all this kind of stuff. And and you know not have a resolution to it but just saying, "Nope, we're just going to continue this way and just keep yeah. killing for the sake of killing." Yeah. You know. So it I will say, like, the movie was made, like, it It surprised me going in, so, you know, it's two hours and nine minutes. So, like, I don't remember this movie being that no, long. No, like, it was. <laughs> holy shit. But, it, yeah, it does. It, uh, there's no real drag to it. And you could tell it's, <laughs> okay, I'm trying to put this nicely, but you could tell, like, there wasn't a lot of second takes for some of the dialogue. Oh, yeah. Like, they just, yeah. they moved the fuck on. Like, you know, as soon as they got it on film, they rolled. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It, it was made very efficiently. Like, I think as far as, and as far as the box office goes, I think. Uh, I don't remember this one being marketed as satire at all. No. And like when it came out, it was supposed to be like, this is a big kick ass kind of action movie, right? Yeah. That's, and that's the thing about that. It's much like Robocop was, you know, a lot of the satire goes over people's heads when they're watching (laughs) it for the first time, unless you're more of a sophisticated viewer, you know, somebody who watches movies and just sees what a particular director is doing. If you knew Verhoeven from his previous movies at that time, uh, Robocop, Basic Instinct, those kind of films, you kind of had an understanding of what you were getting, so you, you might got something more out of it. It's not until you watch it two, three times maybe that you're going to start picking up on some of these themes and yeah. the, 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 the clear satire that he just is dropping on you mm-hmm. and making you think and question about the society, the society you live in as a whole. 
Yeah. So th- this is why I like this movie. Because I, to be honest, I remember watching this film and thinking, yes, it's a kick-ass movie, but it's not a movie that I really loved when I first saw it. It's right. not until I've watched it two or three times that I've really grown to appreciate what this movie is. And I can go back and watch yeah. it now and and really focus my brain to start looking for things that I hadn't <laughs> noticed before. Um, so I, I yeah, find there's that, way more going on in this movie than what you than what you than what one yeah. would think. And besides Showgirls, I can kind of do that with Verhoeven's films. I can kind of <laughs> get that. Yeah, Showgirls just it's it's the world of all, all its own and just it's it's all around terrible. But Oof, boy, that was yeah, that's a hard one to yeah. watch. But as far as this film's concerned, I love it. I would recommend that anybody go and watch it. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, um, and and you've already listened to us talk about it, look for these themes. See what you get because I guarantee, if you're watching it for the first time, you're gonna get stuff that I that I haven't mentioned or I've never come across that that you have never come across. Yep. it's it. That's what makes watching these types of films fun is to just see. It's, it's, it's choose your own adventure almost, you know, you yeah. get to go into it and you get to see what you get out of it and then go talk about it with some other people and find mm-hmm. out what they saw and you didn't. So yeah, I would, I would go watch it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> just to see some of the, th- like some of the things we've talked about alone, just like graphics wise, like some of the, some of the, you know, the more like the, the obvious, like hyper violence and, and things like that. It's man, there's, there's some things to be holding this movie for sure. Yeah. The violence is amped to 11. I mean, the ridiculousness is amped to 11. It's yeah. fun to watch. Like I said, you can watch this and enjoy this on any level that you want to. If you want to be real intellectual about it, go ahead and start tearing into it. But if you want just a standard, you know, soldiers versus aliens, and you, you've already watched, you know, Sigourney Weaver's Aliens a couple times. You could unplug your brain and yeah. find something in this movie, basically. This is good right? popcorn fun, too, because it's just fun. You'll laugh. You will be like, oh, my God, you'll cringe at some of it. It's just fun. So, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, you can. Like I tell you, yeah, I I know Verhoeven. He, uh, have you heard about the new Robocop thing he's working on? I haven't. What what, what are plans for horror? What well, what they're hoping to do is is that he's working on a movie, uh, or he was until the strike, rather. Um, Robocop Returns, where it's going to kind of do what Halloween twenty eighteen did is that it's going to be a direct sequel to RoboCop 87 and ignore all the sequels that came before it. Okay, well, I'm definitely on board for that. <laughs> it's got to be Peter Weller, right? Like, you, you can't not do it with Peter, without Peter Weller. He will be in there. Um, yeah, he wouldn't play RoboCop, but he would be there. Or they yeah. could they could use his voice, I guess, because he has a very distinct voice besides yeah. that, that. And not for nothing, he's turned into a pretty good director himself. I bet he could really offer some... Uh, some insight on that one. He could. I don't know if I would give him the reins to that project. It seems like something. No, I, would, I think I for Hoven, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you want something. You want somebody. But if Verhoeven's going to do it, yeah, I'd, I'd want number one. I want him to direct it, not just produce it. But even if he couldn't and he was producing it, I think you would want to find somebody who lives in the vein and and can get the satire and understand that's there and and continue that. Yeah. You know, you don't need to tell a serious story, which is kind of what they did on that 2014 reboot of RoboCop. They wanted to make it more of a serious story and Yeah, that craziness. one was it just you didn't know, work. It was it was a little off the mark. Yeah, it didn't it wasn't <laughs> terrible, but it just it didn't work. Yeah, and it did not. I attribute that to number one, yeah, it doesn't have Verhoeven at the helm to to 
be in your face and make it all funny and satirious, but also the cast in the original RoboCop, it's hard to replace all those people. Yeah, they're some solid choices in there. For sure. Besides Nancy Allen, but Daniel Hurley, <laughs> Ronnie Cox. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good actors in there. <laughs> oh man! So I know. Uh, I'm really trying to decide. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to wait to watch Tyler Night Deadly Night. I might be watching that tonight. You might. <laughs> I just have keep to. thinking about that trailer now. So we'll we'll definitely gonna put that on the schedule for the listeners. Um, yep. If you but, haven't uh, seen coming it, up yeah. next for sure will be the. Uh, the live watch of Friday the, the original Friday the Thirteenth movie, and that's going to be fun. If if yeah. you didn't, if you listeners, if you haven't had a chance to actually go back and listen to our Bloodsport live review and actually watch that as you're watching that film, go back and do it. We got some positive feedback from that. Um, some people enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, there's always criticism. You, you can to sync it. up the movie and watch it right, right along with us, like you're sitting right in the room next to us. Yeah. So that. So if if you guys enjoy it, please let us know out there because I mean. You're not enjoying it we you know maybe we won't do it but you know we, we like to try new things on this show and yeah we we accept all manners of you know good criticism and bad you know you, you, you can send it our way uh where where can they do that at Del? you guys can find us on the web at our home at adamsers.com that's a-d-a-m-s nerds.com or you can uh, leave us a comment question wherever you have you wherever you find the podcast you know we're we're available on all the services so however you're finding us we appreciate it um, but for now, we're going to get out of here. We have got a ton of shit to watch. On behalf of Brian, I'm Aaron. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> <laughs>